You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And proud sponsor of the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by Kelsey Chevrolet, Route 50 and 275 Lawrenceburg. Greater Cincinnati's full-service dealer. From their family to yours. Ralph's American Grill in Wilmington, Ohio. Visit ralphsgrill.com. And by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. Now the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Hey, very delightful good evening to you. We are live from the BetMGM Sportsbook Inside Nation Kitchen and Bar at the Banks. You're listening to the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF. With Jim Day, I'm Tommy Thraw. It's great to be with you, back live with you, and back on location at this beautiful new Bet MGM Sportsbook. This is pretty impressive here, Jimmy. It's very impressive. They did a really nice job on this place. It's directly across from Great American Ballpark, the main entrance of Great American Ballpark, directly across the street. Hopping right now, and word is going to spread. And come opening day, this place will be packed. A little different than uh, the last time you were in here and all of your memories in this facility previously, I'm sure, right? I don't even remember what this facility was before. <laughs> oh, okay. I figured you were ripping up the dance floor around no, here. So, okay, no, all right, no, just no, making no. sure. Anyway, a lot to get to. Uh, a lot of news has been made. The Reds once again in the news with the signing of Frankie Montas. We are certainly excited to talk about that. We will get into that a little bit more. Um, the Reds just continue to make some moves, although Nick Kroll saying that most of the big moves have probably been made to this point, but leaving the door open to some other smaller moves as we work our way towards spring training. Well, it's you know it starts with pitching, obviously, and you've uh, you've signed, added three guys to the mix, and three guys that can contribute heavily. We'll talk more about that here in just a moment with a guy that knows a whole lot more about it than we do. Uh, but no, it's exciting. This yep. is the we've talked about this window opening, and this is the time where you listen. You've got a quality enough club to make the playoffs and perhaps beyond, and you go for it. You try to add some pieces, and they did that. Stove has certainly been burning a little warmer in Reds country this year than it has in the recent past. So uh, plenty to talk about. But as you mentioned. This guy knows as much as there is to know about pitching. He's forgotten more about pitching in his life than we will ever know, and that is the Reds' director of pitching, pitching coach Derek Johnson. Thanks so much for being on location with us, DJ. How's your winter going? Good. It's a short trip. I just live upstairs. Yeah, isn't that perfect? Yeah, yeah it's great. That's why we called upon you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You made a like, perfect first like guest. Who can here. we get down there live? Eh, the dude that lives upstairs. That's right. That's right. Good to be here, guys. Uh, it's good. I'm sure it's been a fun off season for you. you. You look at the moves that have been made, and and certainly we'll get into some of that as well. But but you go back. You already had a pretty good core established with this the, this pitching staff, but. As you're constantly evaluating, constantly looking, when you look ahead to 2024, what are some of the things that you want this staff to build on moving forward as these guys, all of them still very young, take the next step forward? Yeah, I think the first step, their strength in numbers. And, and so adding the pieces that we've added um, certainly help our depth, which you know I think is always an issue. It's an issue with every, every club. Um, so I think that's the first part of it. I, I think then the second part, you're looking at the youngsters and them taking strides forward. You, you know, maybe it can alleviate a little bit here and there um, if, if we need to retool or, you know, just kind of settle them in a little bit. I think these three guys kind of provide some of that to where, you know, we, we've got options. Multiple part question. You've added these guys to the mix. You have a strong nucleus coming back. 
obviously there's only five spots in the rotation. You're not going to have a nine-man rotation at any one point. So are we looking at a competition in spring training for these five spots? And can the guys that don't make the rotation, could we see them in the bullpen? How's it going to shake out? Yeah, I think uh, competition is the best way to put it. I think any any year that you can go in and guys compete for spots, um, I think that's a good thing. I mean, every spring training, to, to me, if you're, you're going in and you've got the solid five, unless they're just really, really solid, um, the, the competition part of it, I think, brings out the best in those players. You know, hopefully we're going to get their best foot forward and, and figure out what to do early on in the season. You know, in terms of what the bullpen, how it shakes out, what happens with the starters and the relievers, um, probably the biggest question mark out of the, you know, out of what you asked. So uh, we do have a good options. Um, some of these guys, the starters, could potentially fit in the bullpen. Um, we'll just have to kind of wait and see and let it shake out as it goes. You've added some veterans, some guys that have been around for a while. I, I go back to, you know, when, when Sonny Gray was a part of this team, Wade Miley, it seemed like those guys had a pretty big influence on a lot of these young pitchers. How valuable is a veteran presence on a pitching staff, in addition to, to the things that you guys as a staff are telling these pitchers? Well, it really helps me. Um, I, I think when, you know, you feel like you're kind of the only veteran presence that someone has and you're a coach and you're not able to, to throw the ball anymore, um, it, it feels like you're kind of climbing uphill all the time. And I think with the, the older guys, if, you know, they'll, they'll just get on the, the same level as these guys and, and take them under their wing and kind of show them the, the ropes uh, that certainly helps our cause and it, it definitely helps us as a, as a staff. What can you tell us about uh, what you know about Frankie Montas? And obviously you've dealt with pitchers that have had shoulder injuries in the past. Is it something that he's going to be 100% ready to go? Do you ease him in? Uh, give us a, your scouting report on Frankie. Yeah, I wish I, I knew exactly what, what to tell you on that. He is healthy past the physical. Um, you know, I, I'm going to talk with him here this week and kind of get an idea of, where he's at and, and what's going on, um, you know, we'll figure out spring training from there. But with him being a veteran, you know, I can expect that we, we can do a, a, really any kind of thing with him in spring training to get him ready. He's been around the block a little bit. Um, and he's had really good years in the past. I mean, you know, this guy was, I think, sixth in, in Cy Young voting a few years ago, well, it was two or three years ago, um, was very successful with the A's. And, I mean, you know, just had a kind of an unfortunate um, situation with the Yankees and got derailed. But... You know, to me, he's a guy that um, it, it looks to me like there's some swing and miss in there. He, he does throw the ball across the plate a good bit. And, and so really, like, if you're looking at that combination in our ballpark, a guy who throws a lot of strikes and a guy who can make the, the guys miss a, a ball or two, you know, that that's something we would, would definitely want to have on, on board. You talked about, you know, a guy that has a chance to be a, a, a and Nick mentioned this too in the, the press conference, but a chance to be kind of a top of the rotation type of pitcher when he's at his best. Uh, in theory, you could say the same thing about a guy like Hunter Green. Uh, I think you could also mention that about Graham Ashcraft, Nick Lodolo, when they're all at their best. But a veteran guy like this, uh, does he kind of take the pressure off some of those young guys a little bit, just having him around and, and a guy that'll take the ball every fifth day? And is What's the value in that, I guess? Yeah, I, I, th I think for us it's, it's, you know, his ability to eat innings. When he's been healthy, he has eaten a, a good number of innings, you know, each year. And so, you know, when you're looking at a major league season, you're looking at how are we covering all of these innings. And, you know, if, if he stays healthy, he looks to be a guy that's going to give us 150, 150 plus innings. And, you know, when you're talking about that, kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, the, you know, being able to alleviate with the younger guys if needed, 
um, it, it's just a huge, huge bonus for us. I know uh, as pit- director of pitching, you keep track of these guys in the offseason as well. Where are, are we standing right now with the injuries, the injured guys, Ashcraft, Lodolo, Antone, guys like that? Are they doing all right, everything they leading are. towards the right path? Yeah, Nick Lodolo just got married, I think, New Year's Eve. So, yeah. um, you know, that was a good thing for him. But he's Half been, the team was there, I believe. I think so. Quite <laughs> the party. Yeah, I think so. But he, he has been throwing. He is on track. He, um, you know, he got a kind of full clearance from our medical folks. Um, Graham Ashcraft threw his first bullpen yesterday. Um, I spoke with him. Uh, you know, so I think we're on track. And TJ, you know, TJ's healthy. It's just kind of with, with him, it's about keeping him that way. Yeah. Hey, how do you handle a guy like that? You know, the, the, TJ has had the difficulty even when he came back last year. Uh, he kind of made it sound like he was rushing to get back just so he could help the team, and it, it just maybe wasn't ready. So how do you, how do you handle a guy like that that, that just came, seems to try to overcome these injuries, but, but they keep creeping up? Yeah, I think spring training will really help us. We can evaluate where he's at at that point. Um, We don't have to rush him in spring training, but we also know what he can bring to us if he's healthy. I mean, you know, just that little bit, that little small look that we got at the end of the year, I mean, he dominated. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, he just wasn't out there very much. But I I do think with spring training, we have the six weeks where we can kind of figure out where he's at. We can take our time if needed. Um, He doesn't need to start with us. It'd be great if he did. Um, but the goal is always going to be can he finish with this? Does does that change a little bit how you have to use him? If if say he's ready to start the season, uh, you're you're able to have him in the bullpen. Do you have to change the way you use him and his workload a little bit when he's in the bullpen? You you mentioned workload, and that's really the key. I, I think we have to monitor that. We have to do a really good job of understanding what his workload is and then how that affects him uh, moving forward. And you know, you're, you're a little bit in uncharted waters because, you know, when we used him before, we, he was kind of a utility Swiss Army knife kind of guy. And, you know, we'd throw him two innings, give him a day or two off, throw him another inning or two and here and there. And I think now we're going to have to manage that much, much closer. Um, I think for now it, it would just be safe to say is we'll take it one step at a time. If we can get an inning, inning out of him, we're good. We're visiting with Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson. Get a behind-the-scenes look at the home of the Cincinnati Reds this offseason. Fans can take a VIP tour of Great American Ballpark, including the Reds and visitors' clubhouses. Enjoy complimentary admission to the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum with your tour. Visit RedsMuseum.org for more information. We continue live from the BetMGM Sportsbook inside Nation Kitchen and Bar at the Banks. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF on the Reds Radio Network. It's the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF live from the BetMGM Sportsbook inside Nation Kitchen and Bar here at the Banks. Along with Jim Day, I'm Tommy Thrall. We continue our conversation with Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson. DJ, you talked about the health of these guys and, and you know, everybody seems to be moving in the right direction. Uh, it, it looks like everybody will be healthy when spring training gets going as far as the health is concerned. Obviously, it, it's, it's kind of the elephant in the room. But I feel like that's fairly normal when you're dealing with young pitchers. Is there a key from uh, from your seat to keeping these guys healthy and getting them through a whole season? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of parts to that for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I think the further that we get away from COVID, and, and it's something that we kind of have to remember, at least internally and, and really um, throughout the league, like there were a ton of in- injuries um, right after COVID, and especially in 2021. 
Um, you, you know, so we're moving away from that. Hopefully, you know, that's kind of reared its ugly head and we can move past that. But then I think when you're looking at our, our specific case, you know, we probably ended up putting some guys in places where normally we might not. And, you know, it was just where we were at as an organization. Um, but that's a twofold or a two-way street. Like on the one hand, maybe putting them in positions where they wouldn't have been, but that's going to serve us well, you know, later on. So I think if we can sort of rummage through all of that and, and get to the other side of it, get these guys a full season, now they kind of know what to expect and how to, how to prepare for it. Um, you know, should be good from years to come. As far as that is concerned, getting these guys through a whole season, is it more important to get these guys through a certain number, especially the starters, getting them through a certain number of starts, or is the innings number overall the one you really want to look at? I think the innings w would probably be um, the thing that we would look at the most. Um, you know, the, the, the days of 200 innings is kind of gone. There aren't too many guys that are doing that anymore. But the 150 plus is, is something that we'd really be interested in most of our guys being able to get to. And Ashcraft got there close, um, you know, and, and so I expect that we're going to be able to get there here, and you know, hopefully this year. With that in mind, on the flip side of that, baseball continues to change. And you mentioned 150 <clears throat> innings might be the benchmark now it used to be 200 innings. But that in turn lot more use from the bullpen and the Reds are, you know, no different than anyone else with right. the bullpen is overused that came up last year is this something that we're going to have to just get used to that bullpens are going to be different in that regard as well and how do you guard against overwork in the bullpen do you simply have to just have more guys that run through yeah well it can be more guys it can also be guys who can throw multiple innings and you know and so you're looking at a guy like um, nick martinez as an example like he's a swiss army knife and i say swiss army just as a guy who can kind of do either he can start he can relieve, um, he, can, he can throw multiple innings. So the more guys that you have like that in your bullpen, you know, probably the more carryover it gets. You can get the kind of the bridge guy in the middle. Um, and then hopefully you get the, the, the guy at the end who, who's going to win you the ball game. But I, I think that's probably what, what we're going to see maybe more than anything is just more bridge guys with multiple innings and, you know, more guys who are throwing two and three instead of just the one. Do you see it getting back to a point where, where starters, maybe not every starter, but but maybe you have a, a, a guy or two in your rotation that you can that can still shoulder a little bit more of the workload? I, I do. I mean, in, in 20, and I know it was a shortened season, but we had um, – that was actually where a lot of our starters were going six and seven and seven-plus innings, and, you know, we just had that luxury, and it just kind of worked out that way. It wasn't anything that we had planned. Um, you know, and I suspect that, that as Hunter grows, as, as Graham or, or Nick, you know, those guys should be able to be th that kind of guy, you know, where we can count on six and hopefully get seven and maybe every once in a while get into that eighth or ninth inning with them as well. Um, and, and certainly it, it helps us if they can. I got a medical type question, and you might not be able to answer this. I don't know. There might not be enough data, but it's been all about recovery time for pitchers. And now that there's a pitch clock, it sounds weird, but they're throwing more pitches in less time. And even seconds matter as far as your arm recovering pitch to pitch. Is that a concern going forward? And have you seen anything that the pitch clock has affected pitchers in that way? Well, that would be a long-term, more of a, a long-term answer. Yeah. Um, I think initially um, we didn't see necessarily anything that we could would point directly at the pitch clock and say, yeah, that's what caused an injury. 
Um, but I do think it matters. And, yeah. you know, it was, it was a concern, I think, internally, and I think even through, um, you know, Major League Baseball wide was, you know, will this affect pitchers? Um, because some of these guys take a long time. Some of them are also huge. You know, they're, they're just big guys, and it takes them a while to, to make that next pitch. Yeah. So I think it's more of a long-term type of look, and we'll see in three or four years. I love the pitch clock. I think it's great. I thought it was great for baseball. Um, I thought our guys got used to it very quickly um, and didn't really feel like it, it hurt us in any way. But I do think that that's a, it's a good question medically because I think it, it can matter. Yeah. You, you talk about depth on this team and, and how important that is, especially getting through a whole season, uh, adding guys that you've added so far increase the depth but how do you keep everybody sharp and how do you manage the psyche of guys that maybe aren't necessarily in the role that they want to be in or have been in the past yeah it's a good question and it's it's not easy I mean you you do have to take it case by case and almost day by day I know that sounds really cliche but on the other side of it it is kind of what it is and and you know that's where um, communication that's where you know the ability to, to to have a good relationship with these guys it's where it comes in handy um, you, you know because it's not going to be rosy all the time it's not going to be perfect all the time uh, they're not going to be in the role that they want to be all the time but yet we still have to manage it and we've got to figure out a way to win a game we're visiting with Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson. You volunteered. You said, hey, I'll stick around as long as we'll have you here the entire show if you want. I'm so, in. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we got him. I'm in. Do we love this show. guy? We've got a lot more topics to get to. He will give us his take on some of the talking points that we have coming up a little bit later on. Uh, Reds fans, the new Pick 6 plan is here. Choose any six home games and receive an exclusive Spencer Steer bobblehead in the Nike City Connect uniform. For more information, visit reds.com slash tickets. We've got plenty more to get to, Jimmy. Uh, Sir. We're, we're going to talk about the newest addition, Frankie Montas. We touched on a little bit with DJ. We'll get his thoughts on that, as well as the Reds signing left-hander Justin Brule today. Also, the Reds have re-signed reliever Buck Farmer. So plenty more to get to. DJ's going to stick around. You can come down and join us. We are live from the BetMGM Sportsbook Inside Nation Kitchen and Bar here at the Banks. It's the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF. We come to you live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook. It's brand new inside Nation Kitchen and Bar at the Banks. This place is spectacular. It's really nice. It's very nice. They did a good job. Massive TVs. You can do your betting right here if that's your thing. A lot going on. Food smells outstanding. You ate some of the food. I had some tots. Oh, that's good. Just a few of them, and they were outstanding. That's good. Yeah. You don't have any in your pockets, do you? I do not. Okay, just making sure you weren't saving some for later. No. Uh, plenty more to get to. Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson has been kind enough to stick around, which is good because we're going to talk some more pitching. We are talking about the addition of Frankie Montas, and uh, this is a, a – like we talked about before, this has a chance to be a pretty big addition for the Reds. Sixth in the AL Cy Young Award voting back in 2021 when he was pitching with Oakland. Uh, he was one of the most coveted pitchers at the deadline uh, during the 2022 season. Never really got things on track with the Yankees. Only made one appearance last year because of the shoulder surgery that he had in February. But he seems to be healthy and ready to go. Nick Crawl, Reds general manager, says that he has a chance to be a top-of-the-rotation type of guy. Well, I know he had injury history, um, but we were going to bring him in to do a physical anyway. So, um, and that's uh, 
you know, so we brought him in, did the physical, and, and you know, we we felt good about where he's been. I mean, he's been a very good major league pitcher um, in the past, and and think he has a ton of upside to get back to where he was. And you know that that if he's that guy again, he's a you know towards the top of the rotation type guy. As Jim was kind enough to point out, Nick Crawl, no longer the Reds GM, now the president of baseball yeah. operations. Uh, yeah. Old habits die hard. Well, you know, Brad Metter, we want to give him right. his due. He's the GM now. Uh, but, uh, DJ, we, we kind of talked about briefly fitting all these pieces together. Uh, when you see him added to this pitching staff and this rotation, is he a guy that is right away thrust into one of the top few spots in the rotation, maybe the top two or three spots, or do, do you have to kind of see how he really looks once spring training rolls around? You know, it kind of cracks me up about, like, the numbers of the rotation, just to be honest with you. It's like at the beginning of the year when we start, we'll line them up one, two, three, four, and five. And then after that, it really doesn't matter. Never right? stays that way. <laughs> no. you know, well, and not only does it not stay that way, but just by virtue of the season, you know, you'll have a five pitch against a one and a two yeah. versus a three and so on and so forth. I mean, I, I think – that's why we got him. He's going to be in the rotation, or we, we think that he can be. We think he can be a, a very good part of our rotation. Um, and, and like I said, he's got, you know, he's got five pitches, and, and he uses them pretty well. I mean, I think he has an idea of what he's doing with all of them. And, you know, so maybe we fine-tune that during spring training, kind of figure out what, what needs to be next for him, and, and here we go. But, you know, as far as the top, the bottom, whatever, Let's just say he's going to be around it. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be in it one way or another. There you go. That's, that's fair. Uh, you, you talked about the rotation. That brings up a, a, a whole other question, and I don't know that I've talked to you about this a ton, but you, you say sometimes you have a one going against a five or vice versa. When you get into the season, you have some off days. Uh, are, do, you, do you find yourself sometimes lining the rotation up a little bit so that you can get guys, maybe some of your – better starters or starters that are on a roll going against some of your opponents better pitchers too there's a few different ways to look at it one would be rest um so trying to give a guy an extra day if we could um and if we feel like he needs it the other one would be the pitching matchup probably even more importantly is the other team you know heavy left-handed heavy right-handed um if somehow we can put ourselves in a position where we've got um answers for that kind of team you know, that we would want to do that. And so we, we've done that um, often. You, you know, it doesn't always work out exactly the way that you want it to. Um, but those are the things, you know, strategy-wise that we're looking at. As far as the rotation goes, do you have a general philosophy on righty-lefty? Like you've got some lefties that are going to be in competition, at least three for the starting rotation. Is there such a thing as having too many lefties in the rotation? Do you have a philosophy on that? No, no philosophy per se. Because um, you're lefty, I know. I, so I'm, you, I'm you left-handed, love, and I love, love the lefty guys. I love them, but um, no, no real philosophy per yeah. se. I mean, for me, it's just the, their ability to get out opposite side hitters. Yeah. Um, you know, so starters, lefties need to be able to get out righties. Right-handed pitchers need to be able to get out lefties. And if we can do that pretty well, then we're in good shape. Uh, continuing on. The topic of Frankie Montas, Nick Kroll talking a little bit about, you know, sometimes there's risk versus reward that you have to, to weigh here with a guy like this, especially a guy that's coming off injury. You know the upside, but you also know that there's a chance he could be uh, prone to injury. Nick talked about that as well. The medical process of when you sign a guy is, is, uh, is where you um, – is trying to balance that risk. Um, you know, I think it's a one-year deal. Um, obviously, um, he's 
going to try to get back out in the market and, and there, there's, you balance the risk a little there as well. But, you know, we think that with where he's been and, and who he was, who he was in the past, um, being able to come back and throw, uh, still have 95 uh, average velocity last year. Um, you know, we think that there's, there's, um, you know, a lot left in his tank. Well, certainly hope that that is indeed the case. He certainly seems to think that he's got a lot left in the tank. In fact, said that uh, this offseason, Frankie Montas speaking this time, said that this has been a better than normal offseason for him. This has been better than the normal offseason, my brother. This has been really good. Um, I'm up to 15, 20 pitches throwing sides. Usually, I don't start throwing sides until middle of January, you know, but I want to show up to spring training and be ready to throw two or three innings, you know, and not not trying to go to to a long build up program. You know, I'm trying to go there ready to go and pitch. Hopefully sounds like he's healthy. <laughs> sounds like he is, and it, it seems like he's excited too. Uh it, it seems like guys that come back from injury, you've been around them before. When they're healthy, they they have a different level of excitement going into that year when they're healthy for the first time in a while. Yeah, I mean, I think for him, he's he's probably chomping at the bit. I mean, he wants he's got a new team. He wants to prove himself. Um, he spent all last year on the shelf, you, you know. So I think for him, it's um, the the one thing about baseball is that these guys really do like to play. I mean, they <laughs> like to throw the ball. They like to hit. It's what they do for a living. And so, you know, he wants to prove, you know, how how he can throw the ball. Um, so. Again, I haven't talked to him quite yet. I was supposed to give him a call this week, and I'm really looking forward to talking with him. We're visiting with Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson. Plenty more to get to. We're live at the Bed MGM Sportsbook Inside Nation Kitchen and Bar at the Banks. It's the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Continuing on the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF live from the Bed MGM Sportsbook Inside Nation Kitchen and Bar at the Banks. With Jim Day, I'm Tommy Thrall. We are joined still by Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson. Kind enough of a DJ to stick around and join us for the whole show today. We were talking about Frankie Montas. And, you know, this is another one of those signings. Uh, and I think you can say the same thing, at least in, in, in my opinion. When I look at these moves that the Reds have made this offseason, um, I think they all have a chance to be impact moves. But I think maybe almost even in a best-case scenario – they're moves that are made that the Reds, when the season ends, perhaps didn't need to make. And what I mean by that is that means that everybody that was on the existing roster, the starters, they all did exactly what you hoped they would do or maybe even exceeded some expectations. I feel like these moves are moves that are, I don't want to describe them as safety net moves, uh, good moves to be made because it takes the pressure off everybody. Uh, but but this is still a situation where this Reds team, I think as the roster was set before, still had a chance to be very competitive as they were last year. Yeah, I think the, the very best way to describe the moves, it's depth. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's our ability to have flexibility. I know it kind of sounded weird there when I said that, but, but just the flexibility of being able to, to have moving parts to be able – um, if a guy gets hurt, we can pick up the slack. If a guy is struggling, we can pick up the slack. If a guy is really doing well in AAA, we can push him. Um, it, it's it's truly about flexibility. It's truly about depth. Outside of the veteran, si veteran signings that you made and the guys that Tommy's talking about, the young guys, the young nucleus, you want to see growth from them. Individually, let's go through a, a few guys of what 
the next step for them to be successful is without giving away any trade secrets, of yep. course. Uh, let's start with Hunter Green. What, what does he have to do to take the next step? Yeah, I mean, Hunter, Hunter has obviously everything that he needs in order to be elite and to be a, a top-of-the-line starter in the major leagues. I mean, he, he certainly has that. I think for him, um, his kind of number one thing is experience. Um, we have to remember he's still only 24 years old. Uh, we still have to remember that he spent very, very little time in, in the minor leagues. Um, and so as we Hardly push, pitched in high school. <laughs> right, and, and didn't pitch a ton yeah. in, in high school either. So, you know, we are talking about a guy who doesn't have a ton of innings under his belt, you know, in his entire life, let alone in the big leagues. But, you know, for me, it's about Hunter learning how to work, um, you know, on his craft. It's about how to push himself. And, and by no means do I think he's a bad worker. I'm not implying that whatsoever. What I am saying is that, you know, young guys have to figure themselves out. And that's exactly where Hunter's at. Uh, for a guy like Nick Lodolo, obviously being healthy is a big first step. But for him, how does he take the next step? Yeah, and I mean, honestly, if you just want to cut it to brass tacks, it is about staying healthy with him. I mean, you know, I thought he started off really well. You know, he had a couple of little snags, uh, which you're going to get early, early in the season. Um, but I, I just, I think for him, it's just about being able to post, kind of, you know, start to finish. But I, with him, real quick, that, that back foot slider, whatever you want to call it, man, I mean, they, it's almost breaking too much because, it's, I mean, that's the goal to throw it near his back foot. But how do you hone in that breaking ball? He's got to tame it, you know, yeah. and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's about his starting lines and where he starts that pitch. Um, it's also about the way the other pitches fly off of it, you know, so it's the, the ability for him to throw a, a fastball away and then a breaking ball into a right-hander. They kind of look like the same pitch. They go opposite directions. Um, and, and that's tough to do. I mean, you know, he hasn't quite figured that, that out. That's a little bit more of the artful side of pitching, uh, and it comes with experience, and it comes with reps, and none of these guys have any of that. <laughs> how, much was, how much was the foot bothering him? How much of that inhibited him from being able to do some of the stuff you're talking about? L looking back on it, um, I think a lot more than what we, we expected or what we thought. Um, you, you know, and obviously in, in Nick's case, what, what he said, I'm like, I can, I can pitch. He kept saying, I can pitch, I can pitch. Um, and we wanted to take his word for it, but I really think looking back on it now, um, it, it probably affected him way more than we all thought. With Andrew Abbott, he, um, it seemed like he hit that rookie wall. He kept saying, my arm feels fine, but then after the season he said, well, the rest of my body didn't feel fine. So outside of getting used to the rigors of pitching Every five days in the major leagues, what's next for him? Well, that cat was dead at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, okay. There's, I, there's no other I, way to I slice it. I was dancing it. around that delicately. I mean, yeah. You went right in yeah, there. That, that, okay. he, was, he was completely <laughs> exhausted. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and, and with, with him, I think 110 innings had been the most innings he had thrown ever in his entire life. Like, that's including college and minor league and the whole thing. So, you know, we had pushed him past, and we were comfortable doing it. Um, but we had pushed him past that number fairly significantly. Yeah. And so it was, we were treading lightly for sure, uh, but it was pretty evident. I mean, it, it, you could tell that the crispness of his pitches, you know, where he was throwing the ball early in the year compared to where he was throwing it later, it, it just wasn't the same.
I want to talk more about that, but uh, we'll wrap things up. We've got one more segment coming up. Join us at the BetMGM Sportsbook Inside Nation Kitchen and Bar at the Banks next Wednesday, January 10th, for another live Reds Hot Stove League show. It's the perfect place to catch all the action and bet on your favorite teams. Plus, you can grab a drink from the full-service bar and enjoy delicious food from Nation Kitchen and Bar. Must be 21 and over. Present in Ohio to gamble. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. We'll wrap things up. It's the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDS on the Reds Radio Network. Wrapping things up on the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF live from the Bet MGM Sportsbook inside Nation Kitchen and Bar here at the Banks. We continue our conversation with Derek Johnson, Reds pitching coach. We talked about uh, Andrew Rabbit at the end of the year kind of being out of gas a little bit there. Um, maybe not even a little bit. Maybe it was a lot bit. But how much can be gained? He for said you? that cat was dead. <laughs> he did. He did. How much can be gained? Uh by a young pitcher going through that? Yeah, good question. It's, I, I, think, I think it's a lot. I mean, I think, um, you know, if you've, your mind and your body are in a place that they haven't been before, especially at that level, um, I think you've got to be able to take away some pretty good things, you, you know, about, hey, this is what I have to do next. This is what I'd have to do to get through those four or five starts where he was really tired. So I, I think it was really beneficial for him. Um, I think it would be beneficial for anyone. Another guy, Graham Ashcraft, to take that next step. He had, you know, shades of brilliance, which we've seen. Then he went through a really tough stretch where he said he learned a lot. Then the injury happened. What's next for him? Yeah, well, the one thing about the injury and, and you know, what, what I was most proud of really is he did have that long stretch where he wasn't very good. And then he reeled off about 10 in a row yeah. before he got hurt. Right. Um, and, and he did learn a lot. Um, I think for him it's consistency with his pitches. Um, he's He's – Got to lead stuff. His, his breaking ball got much, much better through the course of the year. He started to get missed from it, which I thought was great. Um, he has a fastball that moves kind of differently or more uniquely than most. And then he has a sinker as well that really just didn't show up too much for him last year. And I, I think if he can get those three things together and just become more consistent with them, I, I think it's, you know, you're going to see a lot of those kind of those ten in a row that you saw there towards the end when it was really, really good. Uh, for you as a pitching coach, how challenging is a year like that when you go through so many different pitchers? And there are guys, you talked about it, there are guys that probably got to the big leagues last year that weren't ready to be at the big league level. What kind of challenges does that present you as a pitching coach really having to teach a lot at the major league level? It's, it's, really, uh, it's really about patience, I guess, <laughs> would probably be about the best way to put it. But, I, I mean, I, I, it's also fun, I mean, because these kids do come in and it's their dream come true. They're, they're here. They want to be better. They want to figure it out. Um, and, and so it's just helping them just a little bit of time any way that you can. And, uh, you, you know, there's, when there's a lot of that, which in, in this case there was, I mean, almost every guy was kind of new and every guy needed help in one way or the other. So there's a lot of that. But, you know, I mean, that's what, that's what we do. That's what pitching coaches do. And if it's one guy or two guys, that's one thing. If it's 15 guys, then it is what it is. I mean, it, it, the job doesn't change. You and your staff did an amazing job last year, and it should be committed because you take a lot of heat, and, you know, it's big league baseball, and it's just a results-driven business. But to hold, particularly to hold that bullpen together and the starting rotation, as many guys as filtered through that, Nice job, my friend. Thanks. You really did a nice job. <laughs> I appreciate it. Seriously, I'm not just blowing smoke. No, you did I appreciate a nice job. That. You have to be looking forward with all that 
said, I mean, you have to be looking forward to the stability that this season perhaps presents. Right. I think we're going to look up at some point, and hopefully it's this year, and hopefully it's really early this year, but we're going to look up at some point, point. we're going to be really consistent all the way across the board. And I mean, I think you can look at that uh, certainly on the pitching side, and I think you can look at that on the offensive side as well. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of young players, period. Um, and generally what young players lack is consistency. So, you know, I think when all of this – can kind of culminate together, you know, and we are consistent as a group. Watch out. DJ, certainly appreciate the time. Thanks so much for spending the whole hour with us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been fun. That is Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson joining us. That's all the time we have for today. Wrapping things up, thanks to our producer Mike Mills, engineering things here at the BetMGM Sportsbook, live inside the nation kitchen and bar at the banks also for stone shields back in the studio for jim day i'm tommy thrall thanks for joining us we'll see you next week on the reds radio network